0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the 7 Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Jessup Warnock, the Marketing Director for 7 Figure Flipping. We're coming at you with a replay of one of our best, most listened to podcasts. In this episode, Bill interviews Bob Berg, that's a great name, the offer of the go-giver. If you haven't heard of this book, it's one of the most influential books for Bill and so many other business owners around the world. This episode goes into the importance of bringing value to the sales table as well as the five elements of value that you need to implement into your entrepreneur endeavors. For more help with your entrepreneur endeavors in real estate, there's a link in the description of the podcast. It's for our runway program. Click to see if you qualify. Join us at our next event. We'd love to see you there. That's enough from me. Here's Bill Allen.
1: is our playbook. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen and I'm incredibly excited about my guest on the show today. I've been trying to get this author on the show for a while. He has influenced me. He's influenced a lot of you that are in the Mastermind Group and if you've read some of his books, I know that he's influenced you for sure. So when I was getting going in this business about 5 or 6 years ago I was just getting started and even before I was flipping a house a year I had some rental properties I was trying to understand real estate and get into it and I was investing in the stock market and then what happened was I I had you know got married I had we had our first son and I said we got to get I got to figure out how to how to support more people than just me and I was pretty selfish at that time when I was single and I was just doing whatever I wanted and I was you know, all the money that I made was basically just going towards my retirement or back to me. I was saving a ton of money, but I was, I feel like I was pretty selfish at that time. And then when I got married uh, to to Lucy, I realized that I have to support two people with one income and I want to be financially free early in life. And then when we had our first son, same thing. We were, I was constantly now saying, okay, it's not about me. It's not about me anymore. So really trying to figure out how to do that in the real estate world. And I was, I was super cheap. I, I thrifty. People called me um, uh, Lucy who used to call me tight uh, is what they say in the uh, UK a lot. So I had a library card and I would go down to the library and I would get books out on personal development mindset. And then on real estate, I started studying real estate and I wouldn't even buy the book. I would just go down to the library and I still have my library card and I still can get books on audible free on, from the library and things like that. But I remember picking this book up and and this book is called the go giver and the author's name is bob berg and today i'm going to talk to bob about the five laws inside of this book and what this book meant to him and how he he how he wrote it where the idea came from and things like that but for me it was it really changed a lot of things for me the way that i thought about value and the way that i thought about money and i what i realized was if i give more in value than i receive in payment then and then everything that I do is going to change. And it has to be a win-win. When we started working with these sellers and making low offers, I couldn't wrap my mind around that. But this book really helped me push in that direction. I've been trying to get Bob on the podcast for a while and he graciously accepted recently. So I'm really excited to bring him on with you guys, and selfishly for me, because I wanna I wanna hear what he has to say, and I wanna hear some of the laws and dig a little bit deeper in them, and also give the relation to real estate that we do. So, um, without further ado, I wanna introduce Bob, but I'm really really excited about this interview, and I hope you guys are are as well. We're gonna share. I, I don't I don't know where we're gonna go, but I'm really excited to dig into a lot of the things from this book and some of the things that I pulled out that I'm currently working on. So, um, so. Bob Berg is a sought after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former US president. Bob is the author of numerous books on sales, marketing, and influence with total book sales of well over a million copies. And his book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has so, itself has sold over 925,000 copies on its way to a million and it's been translated into 28 languages. His and John's newest parable is The Go-Giver, Oh, in the Go-Giver series is the Go-Giver Influencer. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise, believing the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. This, his belief is that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. This is huge. He's also the unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. So without further ado, guys, I want to bring on... The one and only Bob Berg, author of The Go Giver. I can't wait for this one, guys. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. This has really been um, an honor to bring you onto the show. As you know, uh, in the introduction that I talked about, we give your book, The Go Giver, to all of our new members that come into the mastermind group and really bringing you onto the show has been uh, a real honor uh, for me. And this is going to be really exciting these next few minutes that we spend together on the podcast. So thank uh, you so much for being here. Bill,
0: the honor is mine. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate what you're doing and uh, and and thank you for your kind words. That means a lot to me.
1: Yeah. I So I, I'd like to start out with kind of where did this concept and, and really just kind of just spend some time maybe digging into the Go-Giver book because some of the people that are listening to the podcast may not have read it before. Uh, some have read it. And I think even the, even myself, I'm very interested to find out kind of where this concept came from um, for you, because it is it was extremely influential in in my life. Just picking up off the library shelf, you know, five years ago, and really starting my journey in this uh, flipping and wholesaling houses. It just changed the way that I think. So I'm interested to hear that.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, I had a book out years ago, and I've been kind of at this for a long time. So this is back in the uh, mid 90s. My first book was Endless Referrals, and the subtitle, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. So it was really a how to book written for salespeople and entrepreneurs who knew they had a great product or service. They were proud of it, they realized it brought fantastic value to others, but they may not have felt comfortable in the process of going out and creating those relationships that led to new business, led to referral-based and introduction-based mm-hmm. businesses. So, um, so you know, that was, it was traditional how-to, and it, it sold very well, I'm very grateful for that, and have done uh, updated, revised editions back in 99, and then the last one was in 2005. But again, it was a how-to book. Throughout the years, I've always enjoyed, and I I read plenty of how-to books, and I love how-to books, but I also read a lot of parables. I've always enjoyed reading those. Uh, Short stories that kind of really make an impact. They come from the heart. They reach the heart. As you know, stories tend to connect, right, on a deeper level. And I thought, what if we could take the basic premise of endless referrals, which was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust, and and put that into parable form. And so, the first thing I just asked myself in terms of titling it was, well, so what is the, uh, you know, what is the essence of a person who's able to very quickly and very sustainably create those kinds of know, like, and trust relationships. And it came down to that they're givers. In other words, their focus is on giving value, bringing immense value to others. So we we came up with with the go-giver as a title. But the best thing I did for the book was to reach out to John David Mann, who at that time I knew only as the editor-in-chief of a magazine I was writing for, uh, and asked him to be the lead writer and storyteller. Because really, I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. John's a magnificent storyteller. And I asked John, and when I say I asked, I mean, I pleaded with him to, to be the, you know, the lead writer and storyteller. And fortunately, he agreed to. And, um, and so that's really how the, the book... Got started in and of itself. The interesting thing is, is it didn't take us long to write it, um, but it took us a while to, to find a publisher because we we went through I think it was twenty five rejections over the course of a year until you know finally um, um, landing with uh, Portfolio, a division of, of Penguin Random House, who's just been a great publishing partner for
1: us. So why is that? Is that they just didn't want to pick up a parable or they, uh, as they were reading it, they just didn't see that it was going to have traction or what was the Uh, reason that they wouldn't pick it up?
0: Various responses. Some of them was like, well, you know, the world doesn't need one more parable. Some were, yeah, we like it, but it's just not really us. You know, it's not what we do, which is fine because we're, you know, we're not necessarily a match for everyone. Um, And, you know, it kind of went like that. Uh, But finally when the right one was, you know, was there, we connected with them and they turned out to, you know, to be really the right one for us because they've really been fantastic, very supportive. Um, They're, you know, with a, with a book, it's really up to, unless you're a celebrity author. Okay. Unless you're Stephen King or, you know, someone, the publisher isn't going to really do the, the, the PR. You've got to do that yourself. You've got to go out and you've got to hustle that and you've got to, Hey, I've been doing interviews on this book for 11 years now and I'm going to keep doing it um but but so but they've been very supportive in every way in terms of when i wanted you know books sent to different different media and so forth they always did it when it was a matter of hey do you think this idea would work they were always there providing their wisdom so they've been just fantastic
1: Awesome. Yeah. I'm always interested in that because, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to get published and then it's a hit right away. And then sometimes it's very quick to publish, but it takes a while to become a hit and really get out into the mainstream. What about that? Did it take a while to become popular? And what was that kind of story like?
0: You know, Bill, I got to tell you in, in just about everything I've done in life, I've, I've rarely had quick successes. It's always been a matter of, of, you know, putting a plan together, staying with it, getting knocked down a lot, getting back up, doing, uh, which, like most of us. Mm-hmm. This is the first book or the first real project I've ever done that had immediate success. It just mm-hmm. hit right away. And what was interesting was the first wave of, I guess, if you want to call them adopters of the book, and this is, and we know this only because of the many emails that we received, were the people who, who, who had already been living their lives and conducting their businesses this way. These were very, very successful entrepreneurs and and salespeople and CEOs and people who said, you know, this, what what you and John have put into this book, this is what I've been telling people is the way to do it. But people haven't believed me, right? Because you know how it is. Uh, It's that third party sometimes. (laughs) So, so, I mean, they were ordering hundreds of books, thousands of books. We had a couple companies get 15,000 books to wow. spread throughout their company. You know, I mean, we love that, right? But these are the people who were already doing this long before the book came out. They certainly didn't learn any of it from John and mean, and none of these principles are particularly new. Anyway, right? There's nothing really new under the sun. I remember what Jim Rohn used to say, "Beware the person who comes promising new fundamentals," right? Because yep. they, yeah. And so, now, the second wave, though, were the people who received the book from someone like that, or were told about it from someone like that, or read about it from someone like that. Then they got the book and it was like, wow, we didn't know you could really do business this way and be successful and and so forth and all those things. So that, and then it's been really, it's been a combination of word of mouth. And, you know, again, we constantly promote and we keep the the engine running but it's really been great people like yourself who uh, you know who, who picked up the book who found some value in it and then began spreading it to other people and that's that's how the the book has really been long lasting uh as opposed and we're just you know we're getting close to the million mark in, in books uh so you know just in that book sold and so yeah. that's pretty exciting
1: that's amazing. It's really cool to hear that because I can see how that can happen. I remember when I picked it up, it's a very, it's an easy read, right? So you go through a parable, you're, you're hearing a story. I couldn't put it down. Frankly, I was, it just was something that just, um, you wanted to see what was going to happen next. And then you get through the book and it's, it's just you're right. It's that it's those principles that are already in you that you're, that are just now being laid out and structured in like a law of five and saying, okay, now I can, you know, take this and move forward with it and, and be more intentional about doing it and really think about that. And it, and for those that I give it to, they immediately, they say, you know, Hey, thank you. Some people that are going, wow, I need to live my life a little bit more like this. And I see the value in it. And then the, the other thing for me is it's not a book that that I recommend people just read one time. I'll read this book every year because it's a reminder every single year to, um, the way that I do books and I I talk about on the podcast a lot is I'll read an Audible book now. So I'll buy the Audible book, I'll read it really fast, usually two times speed or one and a half times speed. And then what I'll do is if it's one of my favorites, I'll buy it and I'll put it on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And so the books that are on my shelf are like my VIP list. And then I have a huge list in my Audible collection. I see you have like thousands of books behind you, which is amazing. (laughs) Uh, and so then, what I'll do is is I'll go back to those books pretty much every year, and those are my fundamentals, my foundation, and I'll read those. So yours is an early early on in the beginning of every year, I sit down and I'll plan my year, and the Go Giver is one that I pick up every year and wow. make sure that I remind myself. It's like probably one of five that I'll reread every year in the beginning of the year. So um, that is a and- great compliment. Well, hey, I appreciate you writing it because it, this is the thing that, this is the legacies that we leave behind, right? And this is the stuff that we're trying to do is put out the contact, uh, content and impact other people, which is exactly what you talk about in the book is if you can you know, give, give to others and make those kind of impacts, then it, it's, every, it's gonna come back to you, right? So um, why don't we jump into those kind of laws that you talk about in the book and just quickly kind of run through them. So those are, those are the folks who haven't listened or haven't read the book that are listening. Um, can understand a little bit of what it's about. And then those who have, it's just a reminder for them and maybe their annual reminder that they need to pick that book up again and read it.
0: Yeah. So the laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Uh, Law number one, the law of value, that's really the foundational law. Uh, And this says that your true worth, in in the business sense, of course, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment now when you first hear that it's a little counterintuitive I give more in value than i take in payment I, how am i supposed to to survive in my business never mind thrive kind of sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy right give more in value than i take in payment until we understand the difference between price and value uh, price is a dollar figure it's a dollar amount it's finite. It, simply is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth to another human being that they will willingly exchange their money for this and be very glad they did while you make a very healthy Uh, Profit. So, you know, let's say we uh, look at one of the uh, characters in the book, Ernesto Iafrate, who had Iafrate's Italian Cafe, a restaurant, a very high-end restaurant. So, you know, you you go in there and you're going to probably pay a pretty penny for, you know, what you're having. Um, but you know when you think about it the way you were greeted at the door and and, uh, and how they how good they made you feel and how important they made you feel and the way you were escorted to the table and the way the, the weight team introduced themselves and came over and took care of you and the you know, the ambiance and the way the food tasted and the, the presentation and, and how just everything about it was just so perfect. So you may have paid 100, 150, whatever, you know, whatever it is for the bill, but you came away feeling like a million bucks, right? You, you received more in value than what you paid. Um, now, Ernesto Iofrate, the the owner though, made a very healthy profit, why? Because his cost of goods sold, The food, uh, the uh, staff, keeping the restaurant open, the whole thing obviously cost him a lot more, a lot less than what he charges for. And it's like with any product or service, the, the key is the experience that that person has. And what's important in today's day is that, you know, technology is really leveled off the playing field. And so most products and services are pretty similar. And so, with that in mind, what keeps and hey, let's face it, you know, if a prospective customer or client cannot, cannot distinguish between any two or more products or services, it's always gonna come down to who has the lowest price, I and mean, that's just human nature. So what happens is we need to, and unless your last name is Walmart, right, you know, selling on, trying to make low price, your unique selling proposition is not a, a good way to do business, it's, it's, it's not productive, it's not profitable, it's not sustainable right? When you sell on low price, you're a commodity. When you sell on high value, you're a resource. And so the key is, so how do you, how do you when you have a product that's a commodity, <clears throat> how do you separate yourself? How do you distinguish yourself? How do you communicate that additional value, right? That takes price out of the equation. And the good news is there are probably dozens if not hundreds of ways to communicate that additional value, but they tend to come down to five what we call elements of value. And those elements of value are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you're able to uh, communicate one or more, hopefully all five of those at every single touch point, that's the degree that you take both price and your competition Out of the picture, you become a value-based salesperson or entrepreneur. And that's really law number one. I can I can take less time for the others. That this oh, it's okay.
1: I think we should just dive in this real quick and give the um, I'll give the comparison to what we do in real estate quickly. Sure, sure, Because for this one, this is huge. We we show up and we're cash buyers, right? And for us, we have to buy a house at a deeply discounted rate in order to to profit to make money. We have to fix it up. We have to add and force appreciation, add value to this property to make profit. And that means that the homeowner has to sell to us at a very deep discount, we have to buy deeper than anybody else, frankly. And so, we have to provide something to them, something of value. And we have to also communicate that we're different than the other competition that is coming, saying the same thing. So if we can't provide a creative financing resource for them potentially, or a, hey, we're going to, we'll actually move all of the things out of the house. We'll take care of all of the problems. Uh, we have a reputation online that talks about who we are and that we're, what we're doing in the community, things like that. It's really important that we can provide value and they see value. Otherwise, like you said, it's going to be a to the bottom on price. They they and, and for us, it's about them getting the highest price of their house as possible. And and they have to understand that we are giving them so much value. They're trading equity for ease and speed of transaction in right, our business. Right, right. So right, exactly. it's it and and running a mastermind group for me, same thing. People pay you know tens of thousands of dollars to be in our mastermind group. So what they need to understand is that when they come in here, that for me as the owner, I've got to provide way more value. I see Uh, it. I have to over deliver. So they say, you know what, this, it actually would cost me more not to be here than it would to in any transaction that we make. Somebody actually takes their hard earned money, hands it to you saying what you have is more valuable than what I'm giving you.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing. And this is why the free market works so well. Uh, and when I say free market, I say, I, what I mean is no one's forced to do business with anyone else, okay? In any free market based, um, if you wanna say transaction or sale or what have you, there are always at least two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each one comes away significantly better off afterwards than they were before. There's not a fixed pie like in a socialistic type of uh, horrible situation. Okay, it's with 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 the free market. You're basically its value creates value creates value, and you're creating a much bigger pie.
1: Yep. I agree. Both, both people have to win in these situations to feel good. Right. And that's a, that's a solid, that's a great transaction. Yep. And that's what has to happen in our real estate business. That's what happens in our mastermind group. That's what happens anywhere that we go that if I'm handing my money over and afterwards, I feel like, oh my gosh, I just gave them way more than I got in value. That's, that's a problem for the, uh, for the seller, right?
0: Yeah. Well, not only are you, you know, going to resent that you won't do business with them again, and you certainly won't have nice things to say about it. And, and that kind of goes into law number two, which is the law of compensation. And this one says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which you'll be rewarded.
1: And you going on a million copies sold of this book is saying right there that you are touching so many lives. I feel like this, I feel the same way inside of our mastermind group. The more people that we can get in front of with this podcast and serve at our live events and everything that we do, that more people that, that, that changed for me to an impact driven business versus a, how much money can I make? And when that happens, and that's what I love about this one is the more people that we can get in front of, the more people that can be. You know, moved and changed, and we can help change their lives. They grow their real estate businesses, the better we are going to be. And here's the
0: key the focus when you said an impact driven business, see, that's the key. The focus, this is why we say, John and I say that money is simply an echo of value, right? It's the, the thunder, if you will, to values lightning. Why? Because when you focus on the value, Uh, uh, that you're providing another person, they're much more likely obviously to want to do business with you. Why? Well, you know, when I speak at sales conferences, I'll often begin by saying nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, Mm. right? They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. And they're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so, and that's the only reason. And again, in a free market environment, that's the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from me or from anyone else. What this means is that the entrepreneur, the salesperson, must focus on bringing immense value to that other person. To the degree you do that, the focus is on the the value you're providing. Uh, you know, the money is simply a natural result of that value focus on the money you won't make as much of it okay because you got to be focused on them because they're not buying for you or, or selling to you because you're focused on yourself it's what can you do for them
1: that's fantastic money is the echo of value i absolutely love that so uh, i'm taking that one away from here so what's the yeah. third law
0: Third law is the law of influence. And this one says your your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Again, counterintuitive sounding, until you, you step back and you realize that the greatest leaders, the top producers, the highest money earners, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking for ways to... to Make it about the the other person. Uh, but let me qualify this because and this is important. It can be easily be misunderstood. When we say place the other person's interests first, we certainly don't mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply understanding, as Joe, the protege, in the story learned from several of the mentors, and you and I talked about this a little earlier, that the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely and authentically moving from that I focus or me focus to an other focus looking for ways to, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story told Joe make your win all about the other person's win.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's that about them, not about you. If you're outwardly facing, it's, it just changes everything. And mm-hmm. I feel like there was a time in my life where I was a lot more selfish and thinking about this. Like my goal was to make more money. I and, think
0: we all went through that when we were younger, you know, Yeah, oh, for you know, sure. We learn as we go along, you
1: know? Yeah. And this is something that I think the earlier that you can realize this and the earlier you can start yeah, exhibiting absolutely. it, the more successful you will become.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay. And what, what about the next one? What's the next
0: one yeah, or four is the law of authenticity. And this one says that, that the most excuse me the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself Um, one of the mentors in the story uh, deborah davenport shared a lesson she learned that basically all the skills in the world the sales skills technical skills people skills as important as they are and they are um, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core when you do however Uh, When you, as we like to say, show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. You are that person they want to do business with. Um, They begin to know you. They like you. They love you. They trust you. They want to see you succeed. They want to be in relationship with you. They're much more likely to to tell others about you. So it's important though, in showing up authentically that we see a lot of times people, when they don't show up authentically, it's not because they have ill intent or they're trying to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to rip someone off or trying, I mean, there's all sorts of people out there, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, Really when most of the time when people don't show up authentically, it's because they really don't have the self-confidence to do something. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to show up authentically when you don't feel you have anything worthy of showing up authentically for. So uh, I think we have to understand that we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, and we need to, you know, we need to certainly with our weaknesses know which ones we can ignore when they're just not important, which ones need to be mitigated, meaning they need to be watched, and ones that need to be actually changed into strengths because if you, you know, an authenticity should never be used as an excuse to not grow. You need to. It's sort of like the, the person saying, well, I have, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. If I were to do any different, that wouldn't be authentic of me. That's malarkey. That's baloney. It simply means that person has an authentic problem that uh, he needs to work on and improve upon so that he can be, uh, a better, more effective, authentic version of himself. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, and so, but we also need to know what our strengths are and we all have those, those strengths. That's why mastermind groups are so great because you've got other people coming together who, who care about you at the same time, they're not so emotionally involved with mm-hmm. you that they can't really see. Cause what happens is as human beings, we're so emotionally involved with ourselves that we can't necessarily know what our strengths are. We don't necessarily see them. We see the world simply from our eyes and lots of that we might have a certain strength, but we assume that everybody can do that. Why? Well, because we can everyone can right and so Mm -hmm. so that's why mastermind groups coaches such as yourself people are so important because it is it is very valuable to be able to really understand uh, you know that that intrinsic value you bring to the table but also that market value that combination of strengths traits talents uh and characteristics that allow you to bring value to the marketplace in a way Uh, that will lead to your being financially rewarded.
1: You know, as I listen to you speak here on the authenticity side, there's two things that come to mind. The first one is that I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking about my personal life a lot more than I am my um, business life. And some of these things where you see what you're, you think something of yourself, but somebody else sees something different. I feel like that's a perfect uh, relationship uh, conversation because, yeah. you know, in our life with our spouses is I always feel we, we are totally, we're very different people, my wife and myself. And what I see a lot of times is I'm coming from the angle where I look at things through my lens. And really, you, you said something about kind of um, – like this confidence side or you, you, you're you kind of struggling with some of these things to actually realize that they are weaknesses of yours. And so for me, that's something that I know I really need to work on in my relationship right now. And then on the business side is it's so easy to have to be authentic today with social media and all these other things that are going on and we're just putting something out there that is the is not really what's going on. So sharing your struggles and sharing your failures and your losses and all of these things, a lot of times people will just push that stuff down and only share the wins and and how everything's going great. And when in reality, if you you start sharing some of that authenticity, and I'm speaking a little bit more from the mastermind group side, what we see is when people are vulnerable, when people say, hey, I'm struggling, hey, I need some help. And they're openly outwardly like giving that, they're being authentic, not just saying, oh, business is great, everything's fine. oh man, we're killing it over here. This is working really well. And what I've seen lately over the past year or so is really being vulnerable and authentic has changed their businesses for the better because they're saying, hey, I'm actually really struggling here. And they're not waiting too long until it's six months later and they've been losing money to actually raise their hand and say, I need some help. So, and the same thing goes for Facebook and Instagram and all the social media. Everybody is, you know, spending two hours to make themselves look like they just woke up in the morning for the first time. And so It's very <laughs> easy to fall. Follow- Exactly. To fall into that. So really be true and authentic in your business and with your employees and your staff and all of these things. Like you guys heard me at flip hacking live, stand up on stage and share a lot of my struggles. And that was, that was me. It's exactly who I am. I'm, we're not perfect. Even though the owner of the mastermind group, we aren't perfect. We make mistakes on a regular basis and, um, and things will happen. Things will move forward. You working on that. So I love this one. This is a, even listening to you go through these, it's, bringing things out that um, that maybe I didn't pick up from the book and stuff like that. So let's do the final one. Cause I know we're limited on time.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, law, the, law number five is the law of receptivity, which says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Now, if law number one, the law of value is the foundational principle law number five is sort of the one that brings it home because you know, you can, you can, Give and give and, you know, again, we're trying to bring value and you can do all oh, that, great. Right. But if you're not willing to allow yourself to receive, it, it shuts down the flow. It doesn't, it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help, help them. Uh, you know, it's sort of like breathing out and breathing in, right? You, you can't just breathe out. Uh, that's what we did at the near the end of the story when Pindar, the main mentor, asked Joe to breathe out and continue to hold that breath. Well, you can only do that for so long without having to breathe in because that's being human, right? We breathe out, we breathe in. Same thing in the animal kingdom. We breathe out, we breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide, we breathe in oxygen. We breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. And despite the... The messages that we receive from the world around us um, and about prosperity, about money, about wealth, um, this, we don't receive mixed messages about that. We receive very negative messages. You, you you'd almost think that anyone who has made a lot of money did it on the backs of others or by cheating or by now again it's a big world people do things but again to the degree that we and I guarantee you everyone watching this listening to this you and we operate in a free market environment where no one is forced to buy from us as we were talking about earlier right so in order for you to get very very wealthy you have got to bring exceptional value to the lives of many, many people, placing their interests first, showing up authentically, but then you also have to allow yourself to receive. Now, here's the thing. So unlike the message we receive from the world around us, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same Coin and they work in tandem. So, you know, by all means, provide value, focus on others, focus on providing value, understanding that when you do that, you're creating what we call a benevolent context for your success. And then when that money comes to you, allow yourself to receive it. And, you know, we receive not only money, but joy love, friendship, advice, helpfulness, what have you, and money certainly a part of it. And so, uh, that, that I think is really the key. And so, but what happens is because of the way the world from, you know, the time where, from, from, so with many people, it's a combination of, uh, 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 you know, family, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, where again, there's so much negative programming, that it gets into the unconscious. And it's very easy to think, oh, well, if I make a lot of money, does that mean I've done something wrong? Does that mean I've been – and we're not thinking that consciously, but I'm saying unkind. That's why it's so important, I think, to make a study, a study of prosperity. And that's why I read Randy Gage's Prosperity Blog. Uh, I read da- uh, David Nagel's Prosperity. David wrote um, – uh, not The Millionaire Within – the. Um, I think the millions within, David Nagel, uh, uh, T. Harb Eckers, Secrets of the Millionaire yeah. Mind, is Ellen Rogan, who's a financial advisor, who, who what she does is she writes on actually attitudes about money, okay, and prosperity mindset. So there's all these people out there who, who study prosperity. Well, and they write about it. And my feeling is you know what? Buy those books. Buy those CDs or or watch them on what have you because we get the garbage this this anti prosperity just thrown at us all the time. So that comes naturally, you know. That comes into our brains naturally, and and I want you to start questioning your premises. Okay, I mean, you know, when you hear someone say, "Well, millionaires are bad people," or uh. uh you know, someone's filthy rich or all these other things, question the premise. Why? Why is that a thing, okay? Why is someone who made a lot of money and they say, I wonder what they had to do to get that? Question the premise and say, I wonder who they served and who they helped or what product or service they brought to the marketplace that made life better for others. I wonder what they did there. Okay, So question those premises, begin studying prosperity. Don't accept as a, a, a priori that, that uh, there's some, something wrong with, with earning a lot of money. No, if you do it as a result of bringing immense value to the lives of many people, by all means, receive it and receive it with gratitude.
1: Uh, I, I think we could spend I could spend an hour diving into this one because I absolutely this is all mindset, right? This is the yeah. this is how you think this goes back to when you were a child, uh, all the way through your life of how how you were brought up what, what people were saying to you did was there money around the house was there not money was that fancy car that the neighbor bought being uh you know, inside of your household, said, I wonder what they had to do to get that. You know, those kind of things.
0: Randy Gage does this great thing about movies and all the negative memes in, in movies. He 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 has some great vignettes about this. But one of the one of the things he said just really quickly, and this is this to me is very telling. The, the first Spider-Man movie years ago, um, ben Uncle Ben and Peter are are sitting there talking, and and Peter asked something, why you know they're so poor or whatever. I can't remember what he said, but. But Ben's answer was, well, Peter, we may not be rich, but at least we're honest. Mm. Ugh, what a horrible thing for a child to watch and see. And this happens, by the way, all the time. Uh, okay. You know, so, yeah, we, we could talk about this for hours.
1: <laughs> I know. And I'll be the first one to say that I turned off the news years ago because I was just pouring negativity. All I saw oh. was negative, negative, negative. And I said, you know what? I, I just can't. I just can't be around that. I'm going to fill my life with positive energy. I'm going I'm to look for success. I'm going to study success. I'm going to figure out how to be that successful person. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the change of what you put in to what the result is that comes out. You Absolutely. mentioned- you mentioned sending and receiving messages. It's interesting because in, in the Navy, in the military, the definition that we have of communication is properly sending and receiving a message. It's not just sending the message. You also have to, sure. it has to be properly received. Otherwise, we're not communicating. Sure. So, um, I, you know, I heard something a while ago. And when I read this book, I thought about compliments because you talk about that a, a bit. Like, and for me, I've always... Years ago, I really struggled to accept a compliment. It's really hard for some reason for me to accept a compliment because I just want to say, oh, it's no problem. It's it was no big deal, uh, yeah. you know. And to say you're welcome was something that almost wasn't in my vocabulary. And I heard somebody say once, um, there's a, there was a time in, in his life where he needed a compliment. And then there was a time in his life where he re- was, will, was able to receive a compliment even when he didn't need one. And for me, that was huge. I said, yeah. you know what? That is the, the idea of that is exactly kind of where I was like I needed a compliment. I didn't. And, and I would, I, it's just an interesting concept. Like, are you able to receive a compliment even and, when you don't need one?
0: Yeah. And, and let me just hit on that for a second. Cause you, you bring up a very important point. Receptivity like any other muscle needs to be developed. And just like you don't start out lifting 300 pounds, you start out with five pounds, and then you work your way up to 20 and 50, and all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same with this. If, if receptivity, if you feel it's an issue with you, aside from really looking into why it is, and again, beginning to study prosperity, because when you study these prosperity masters, you'll learn about the, start small. Start with accepting compliments. When someone compliments you, When you feel yourself about to go, oh, no, no, just instead say, thank you. That's it. Just thank you. I appreciate that. Or thank you. I'm very grateful. Boom. Let yourself start building on your small successes. It might be the person who offers to buy your coffee, and usually you won't allow anybody to ever do that. Instead, you just say, oh, thank you. That's very kind. Boom. So start building those receptivity muscles, little by little, building on your small successes.
1: Yeah, and I think the beginning, it just starts in identifying those things that you need to work on, right? Yeah, That's first. the first Identity. step.
0: That's always the most important yeah. thing. Got to, we've got to be able to see that it's an issue because if we don't understand there's an issue, obviously, we're not going to work on it. Why would we work on something that isn't an issue?
1: Yep. And it goes back to that law of of authenticity. You can keep going back to these places to really understand these five laws are so powerful in what we're doing. And when we really just break it down and diagnose what's happening in our life in our business, our personal life, financial life, it's, it's all there. So, um, you know, I want to ask the listeners before we kind of wrap up, it's just, just going back through these, I I was kind of taking notes as you were talking, Bob, and I really love this. uh, And just asking you guys to sit down and really take, a look at what's happening in your life and your business. So are you adding more value? So ask yourself that, are you adding more value? How many people have you helped? Are you focused on others or are you focused on yourself? Are you being authentic? And then how do you take a compliment? So I'm after we finish up here, I'm just going to take a, I'm going to take a hard look at everything that I do in my personal life and professional life. I'm going to answer these questions and I'm going to figure out how I can work on those, these five things. And I think, if I can continue to progress and I can help more people and I can add more value and I can focus more on others than I do on myself and I can be as authentic as I possibly can and really diagnose what's going on and then I can take a compliment even when I don't need one, then mm-hmm. I, I know it. I know that I'm really okay. going to be moving the needle in my life and my business and just constantly be growing and being better because that's it. We're never going to hit the place where we're perfect, right? But we're constantly striving to get there. So. But Bob, I'll tell you what, uh, this was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Oh, I, I, really en- <laughs> I really have enjoyed. You're welcome. I really have enjoyed. I've really enjoyed this. And I think that I, I I could definitely talk to you for hours. It's it's amazing to see. But um, and I thought I would get just a kind of a book report from the book. And it was even more than that. that I got from this conversation, which I really and I've read the book probably 10 times. Wow. And so and I, I wanted to hold one up here, but I don't have one because I gave my last one away last week. So we have, I, I have, I usually have a stack of them because we send them out to everybody, but that we had some people join and they're all gone so I don't even have one right now so I'm going right after this to buy them and I hope all of our audience and listeners do the same thing so how can people if they want some more kind of a Bob Berg they want some more of the books how can they find like more about you what else can they do to to do that
0: yeah well they can go to berg.com and that's b-u-r-g dot com and while, when they're there, they can scroll down. It will show them where they can get chapter one of, of any of my books so they can read that first to see if they like it. Then they can always click through to purchase if they'd like. Uh, there's also information or if they scroll down a little more to the blog um, at berg.com slash blog, uh, but I'm doing a video series. I had a video series, Endless Referrals, but now the newest video series is um, Influence and Success Insights, and they can go back and binge watch if they'd like or binge listen. And we also have uh two more of our Endless Referrals the Go Giver Way live workshops coming up in Florida. One in in April will be late April will be Orlando and then I think in early June is in Jupiter, Florida. So if they go to endlessreferrals.com, they can uh they can check that out and see if it's something they'd like to explore.
1: Awesome. Well, hey, before I let you go, I just want to ask one question that I've really never asked anybody before. You have thousands of books behind you. Other than your books, so other than your books, what is the one book that has really kind of changed things for you? Can you narrow it down to one?
0: Well, you know, it's difficult because there are different books in different areas and so forth. But let me, there's one that I'd say that should really be read by, by every single person. It was actually written in the 1960s, and it was never meant to be published. He just he had written, he was uh, teaching his, his sales team at the time, but he was very much, although he's a very best-selling author in terms of uh, numerous times on the New York Times best-selling list on economics and politics and different things. But really, um, he wrote this just as a sales teaching guide. And then after he died about 10 years ago, his wife, uh, his widow, found the um, the two short manuscripts. One was on human nature specifically, and the other was on how human nature relates to sales. And to me, you know, my opinion is the study of human nature is about the most important study there is because it's from understanding that w- that we really understand how the world works. In the book itself, uh, he did not title this, but the person who she sold the rights to um, titled it The Secret of Selling anything it's by harry brown b-r-o-w-n-e now a couple of things it was written in the 60s so the language is a little bit 60-ish okay uh uh and so uh, so a, l- a little bit politically incorrect in terms of it's not he or she or him or her, it's it's more, de- okay, so I just ask people, don't be offended by that. It was just that I, I happen to know him personally. He was a hero of mine. He was not in any way a sexist. It's just the language of the, the times, and I apologize for that. Well worth the book, The Principles. Uh, I actually did a a blog post on this at berg.com slash blog. If you look up the secret, uh, if you, in the search, you write the secret of selling need not be a secret. I think as soon as you put in the secret of selling, it will, it will pop up. And it, it talks about the, five, the uh, three major principles that he talks about. And I'm telling you, once you understand, and this is a book, as you can tell, I've read tons and tons and tons of times. Uh, and very few people know about this book. Very few people. I'd like everybody to know about this book. All right, well really yeah
1: well all of our listeners know about it. and if you're not watching on youtube uh, then you can't see all the dog ears and the sticky notes that are all <laughs> over the place and that thing looks like it's been, it's but been you know, you know what I, I
0: love the most about harry brown is that he he worked within truths in other words he made a study of human nature he learned and understood human nature he honored and respected it he didn't say oh I wish people were like this, and so I'm going to make believe they are. No. He started from where people are, and then he worked at it to advance, you know, the world and himself and others. And so that, I think, is such a big differentiator with people. You know, first, you know, deal in truths and go from there, when you understand that, to now make everything, uh, you know, better.
1: Yeah, that's, that's incredible. It's not a book that I heard. I actually wrote, I I was trying to think of what book you were going to say. And I actually, and uh, Bob, thank you so much for being on with us. I really appreciate your time. Um, I think that this was incredibly valuable for our listeners. And, and selfishly for me, uh, I bring the people on that I really want to talk to. And this, I have, I have a whole page of notes here that I'm going to take away from this myself. So,
0: well, again, um, again I take that as a great compliment and I, I, I do just love what you're doing. Uh, it's entrepreneurship at its finest. It's, it's serving the world. And you know, remember as, as Zig Ziglar, and you might be
1: too young to remember Zig. I know exactly what you're going to say, but say famous
0: saying, which is often misquoted, which frustrates me to death because it's such a great saying. And you, but the the saying actually was, "You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want." Oh,
1: oh, I love it. I mean, that is the premise of the go-giver. Mentality. Yeah, it really that's is, it. right? <laughs> that's it. And, and, and that's exactly what, what we try to do here at Seven. I know Hipping, you do. What we try to do at Blackjack Real Estate, what I try to do in my life, and obviously what you're trying to do. And it's just amazing to, to yeah, be part of everybody's journey and just be that kind of guide along the way to help them out. So, uh, Bob, thank you so much for being with us. It's really an honor and a pleasure to be able to interview you. And I wish you a lot of success in your life and business going forward too.
0: Thank you. Likewise, my brother. Thank
1: you. Thanks everybody. Bye.